It's the Jeff Johnson Show, brought to you by OTE at ofthisearthglobal.com. Ofthisearthglobal.com. Global Connection. OTE. or in the way we say it in the South, everybody. Hey, y'all, and welcome to this edition of The Jeff Johnson Show, a real, genuine, authentic podcast about me reconnecting with the people, places, and events and sheer awesomeness of my hometown area, Charlotte, and the whole Metrolina region. On this edition of The Jeff Johnson Show, I have the great opportunity to talk to Malcolm Graham, Malcolm is a definite local boy made good. Came to Johnson C. Smith on a tennis scholarship, got into politics, and is doing fantastic for the community in Charlotte. We're going to lead right into this conversation. We hope you enjoy it. You're listening to The Jeff Johnson Show. 2005. So, and it was right after that that I left to go to Atlanta and have been in Atlanta ever since. And, you know, and, 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 you know, that's, and now here I am coming back, reconnecting with my town because I tell you, I miss it. I miss Charlotte a lot. Always have. And just being able to come back and talk to somebody like you, because you remember when we first met, right? Yeah. It's been a year ago. So jog my memory. 19. Well, I can't remember that it, it was when you were with the minority suppliers. Remember oh, yeah, that? Cool. And I interviewed man. you on assignment Sunday. It was assignment Carolinas or assignment Sunday. Yeah. Some, <laughs> uh-huh. and then from that point it was like, okay, Hey man, what's up? What's up? What's up? And then we were always, we were either at an event together, McCory YMCA prayer breakfast. We did stuff. I mean, we've done stuff through the years. Cause look at you, look at what you've done. You've done some really neat things, my friend. Well, I appreciate it, man. I, I just, I'm married to the work. <laughs> my wife reminds me and says, you got two lives, me and the work that, the public work that you want to do. But, uh... <laughs> this whole thing that I'm doing, like I said, this is a labor of love for me, a reconnection, but a reconnection that I hope has some purpose because, you know, here we are in this place right now with everything that's going on, from the coronavirus to people getting killed by police to all these different things that is weighing on our society so much. And it is so important for people like you who have been out there fighting the fight for so long and being able just to talk to folks, you know, us having this conversation. I know you can't say everything you'd like to say, but I know that you'll say the things that mean the most. No, one of the things I enjoy about getting older. What? What and, is it? And I'm, and I'm 56 now. Yes, sir. I, I say what the hell I wanted to say. <laughs> Hold on. Wait, did, did I hear Malcolm? Did I hear the politician <laughs> Malcolm Graham say hell? <laughs> exactly. Listen, don't you worry about a thing. Well, you know that in this life, as we do get older, it also gives us a certain wisdom. Malcolm, what kind of wisdom have you garnered? In the, because you came to Charlotte in 1981, right? You played tennis. Yeah, I came to Charlotte in 1981 on the tennis scholarship at Johnson C. Smith University and came from Charleston, South Carolina. So I thought I had made it to the big city, right? Well, you did. 
skyscrapers and, and everything to that nation. And so I, I, I just enjoy coming there. And I really kind of planted roots there and made Charlotte home right from my freshman year. I think I went home maybe one summer during my four years in college. But for the for the most part, I remained a Charlottean. I remained in Charlotte and, and made Charlotte home. Well, you know what? And you know what? I'm going to go back into the 1998s and all that kind of 91s. I used to play a bunch of tennis, man, over at Sugar Creek, Dilworth, uh, Freedom Park. I know you played in some over the yeah, oh, John C. Smith, too. Yeah, I, I came on a tennis scholarship. That's what brought me to Sugar Yeah. Man. So all those things you just talked about in terms of uh, Sugar Creek is where all the African-American yes. tennis players would go. That's what we played. The organization Batch. And um, we had, I mean, it was tons of the Arthur Ashe was was really really big then and that was before serena and venus and, 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 uh, and, hold, and hold on a second see people don't understand the tennis game in the african-american community in charlotte because you just brought up batch i haven't thought about batch that might have even been where we were first introduced years ago when you were a years, student yeah all, all the tennis players of color would go to sugar creek they yep. were members a batch. You had college players, former college players, people who were just getting that tennis bug because that was like yep. the late seventies, early eighties. Early eighties, right? Arthur Ashe was was again an icon. Yeah. Uh, in terms of not only for his tennis playing in a uh, pejoratively white sport at the time, but he was an activist before LeBron James and some of these other athletes and took a stand on apartheid in South in South Africa. And right. So, I just love everything about the game, and obviously my first role model was Arthur Ashe because, again, he had the tennis skills, but I, he also had the social consciousness that really appealed to me that kind of led me to do some of the community work that I'm doing today. And so, uh, yeah, tennis, and that's where we, we got started um, kind of interacting. And you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring up a name and see if you remember this gentleman. William Brown. Well, do I remember him? I see Brown just about every week. You're kidding me, man. We used to play tennis. We live right, I live right up the street from him. That's how Brown. I got, I mean, oh. Brown is still coaching tennis. No way. At Sugar Creek. <gasps> and he's helping a new generation of tennis players. He has sent so many uh, of our kids. Yes, he has. African-American kids to college on tennis scholarships. Wow. And, he's, and, and he is still doing it. You can still find him on Sugar Creek on court one every afternoon teaching a child how to play the game. So that name is not a foreign name. That, that is a current name every day. Everybody that is a play. current name. And, and you know what that just makes me feel? Makes me feel happy. Look at how you and I got to know each other, the people that we know together that has helped, and, and the community that we live in. It's better for all of us knowing each other and being a part of it. Is that one of the things that kept you here in Charlotte so long and what, what, what makes it so special? Well, actually, the thing that kept me beyond um, graduation was my wife. Right on. <laughs> you ain't going nowhere. <laughs> I was a senior and she was a freshman. So, oh. Uh, so I, I waited behind for her to graduate and we graduated. She, she graduated four years later. We did it for four years. She graduated that May. We got married that November, and we made Charlotte home. So I actually was accepted into Southern University Law School okay. uh, in New Orleans. Uh, but I was in love, and I stayed close to Charlotte and close to Kim so I can kind of make sure that uh, she remained close to me. 
Hey, listen, I, I ain't hating you for that, my friend. I'm telling you. I mean, that's it. Go ahead. And we've, been married, and we've been married 32 years, and we made Charlotte home, and so we made a career here. She started off as a teller at a bank. Now she's an executive at a bank. I started off working in a group home, and now I'm on city council, state senate, um, yep. run, running a nonprofit organization. And so we just made Charlotte home. We made the investment because Charlotte was one of those cities that was up and coming at the time. It really didn't care about color. Right. Too much, right? Right. If you had the skill set, yes, sir. You wanted to make a difference, then people were willing to pitch you the work. My homeboy at the time from Charleston, Harvey Gant. Oh, oh yes. Was making his rise into local government. Harvey's from Charleston, South Carolina. Yep. Uh, as well, and so am I, as I indicated before. And so I supported his campaign for mayor and and his campaigns for U.S. Senate against Jesse Helms. Mm-hmm. So I, I just made Charlotte home, and, and the community has really embraced me and, and taught me a lot and kind of scolded me when I went astray. And But, you know, that's what home is, you know, surrounded by people that you love and people that you care about. And I love this community. I care about the residents. I feel the love back from them. And so um, there was no need. Every time I go home and... And I tell my my deceased sister Cynthia, and she would joke with me. And when I would call Charlotte home, she said, "No, you're not from Charlotte. You're not from Charlotte. You're from Charleston." But um, I I just got a chill when you said that. Well, um, she's, she's always with me, right? Right. Um, and, right. And so obviously, those listening, my sister Cynthia was a victim at the Emmanuel AME Church shooting uh, in Charleston five years ago. Yep. Uh, I don't consider her a victim. Okay. Uh, I consider her my angel, and we celebrate how she lived versus how she died. But, yeah. um, Ma- but we, I'm pretty sure at some point we're going to talk about that, too. Well, 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 you know, I just wanted to let you know from my perspective how proud I was of you, your family, your, your, the community, not only in Charlotte and of Charleston when all of that happened. I mean, I was sitting there watching it on television. And just seeing you and knowing you and knowing your family, knowing your the things that you do, you handled it so well. And I just thank you for that. And it, it, it made a difference. Well, one of the things that Cynthia taught me um, was always to work through the pain. Mm-hmm. And, and on a number of conversations we had. And, and so I simply, during that time, took her advice, which was work through the pain. And next month, June, will be five years, a milestone, I'm going to call it an anniversary, a milestone celebration mm-hmm. of life right. for her. And and so we just worked through the pain, real difficult issues that we dealt with. And if you turn on the TV today, those issues still remain, whether or not it's in Charleston, where nine African-American churchgoers were in Bible study that was killed by uh, a racist or mm-hmm. a racist cop mm-hmm. uh, who puts his knee on a un- man who is basically uh, handcuffed uh, and and chokes the life out of them. Yeah, it's extremely daunting for I think for folks right now to kind of wrap their their head around it. But the thing that I am seeing is support for what happened and an outpouring of love and grace to the family of the man that was choked, basically killed. Are you hopeful? 
Malcolm, about this world, this life? I, I, I think you got to put it in different categories, right? Okay. Let's, and let's, let's put one category, race and race relations. Okay. I want to be hopeful, but current event tells me that, you know, hope is not a strategy. You would have thought that there would be a national outcry, and there, and there was to a certain extent, uh, about what happened in Charleston five years ago, and that that would have been the spark plug that really forge a conversation about race and racism in America. Mm-hmm. And somehow it got a little cloudy about the whole forgiveness issue, which is something that, that I I cannot do, I will not do, because you cannot forgive four hundred years of of four hundred years of just being uh, abused. Right. And and so here fast forward five years, we're talking about what's happening in, in, in Minnesota. We're talking about what happened in New York, bird watching while black, driving while black, jogging while black in Atlanta. I don't know how many times I've done the same thing that that young man in your neck of the woods did when me and my wife yes. built our house. How many times in Charlotte did I, I walk through a house under construction? Anybody who's <laughs> looking for a house walks through a house. <laughs> you know, me, me and my wife, before we built our own home, we did that every Saturday and Sunday. Yes, sir. To a subdivision, see who's building, and let's walk and kind of take a, a quick preview. Mm-hmm. Of the house. And so, mm-hmm. I mean, so am I hopeful? I, I want to be, but I just see what happens to our people every day, all day. And it's not the, the visible racism. It's the institutional racism in reference to health care or artificial barriers that uh, prevent people from voting or the disparity in our educational system or uh, Janet with a a 3.8 GPA from uh, Emory University gets a job and Jaquica from Clark Atlanta with the same Mm -hmm. 3.8 doesn't even get an interview because she's stereotyped by her name and and maybe because she went to it uh, HBCU. Right. Uh, it's the it's the institutional racism that's hurting our community. And now with the current resident of the White House, who has all said, with a wink and a nod, um, that there's good people on both sides. And he himself, who his first hire was a gentleman from Breitbart, Steve Bannon, who Dylan Ruth admired. Yeah. It, that tells you everything that you need to know. It does. It does. And, you know, we can get into the media game and the messages and all the different things that that need be played. But you know what? I I am a very hopeful person. I'm a very optimistic person. And I'm always optimistic when it comes to seeing the problem before us, addressing it, and being led out of it. And I feel you have always been one of those types of people who, as your sister said, you lead by example in that train of thought what have you seen charlotte become in the years that you've been there is charlotte hanging on the right path when i come home and i drive down statesville avenue and i get to oakland and statesville all the way down to where the old double oak swimming pool was or, Mm -hmm. or still is and i look through there I remember the first time when I came back from Atlanta and all of that was changed, I was like, oh my goodness. I mean, it's just, it's it's beautiful. Don't get me wrong. But wow, a lot of people got displaced in that. So how are we it's, doing? How's Charlotte, how's the QC doing? I, I, I think it's a tale of two cities. Right now, we were just ranked 
the 15th largest city in America. Yes. Surpassed San Francisco on that list. And so it is not the small, sleepy little town it was when I first got there in 1981. Remember, in 1981, there was no um, Panthers. There was no um, Hornets. The biggest events in town was NASCAR racing. That's right. Uh, and and wrestling. And that's right. Uh, and, and Jeff Johnson graduating from Appalachian State University. Yep, yep. <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 the other, and the other celebrities in town, other than Jeff Johnson, oh, thank um, you very much, was, was uh, Richard Richard Petty. That's correct. And, and Rick Flair. Oh, and, yep. I know Rick, and, and I know Mr. Petty. Yeah. So fast forward to 2020, the city has grown in leaps and bounds. We yes. Have the transit trains. We have the 15th largest city in the country. We have NFL, NBA, um, pro golf. The, the the second largest financial institution city in the country with Bank of America and Wells Fargo. It, it's a international city now. No doubt. Uh, and people love it. And that and that's the rub. We, we got about 90 folks every day from all over the country that move into Charlotte. Wow. And so the cost of living is increasing. Yes. Areas that you just mentioned that were historically african-american communities are going through gentrification right um, the price the price of homes are, are going up uh, we now have a very visible homeless population in our community mm-hmm. and so we are trying to we it's the whole the old saying be careful what you wish for because you just might get it right on we, we, we've always wanted to be quote unquote a world-class city no, that was always a big city. thing always and, was, and now we are yeah and now we have inherited all those type of issues that we have to to deal with we need to make sure that our community is only as strong as our weakest link and so we need to make sure that all citizens whether you live on the mm-hmm. south, south side of town or the west side of town have equal access to opportunities equal access to a great education equal access to uh, safe clean housing uh, equal access to clean water, equal access um, to jobs and economic opportunity. And so that's what we're we're trying to do, Jeff, trying to ensure that everyone uh, is going along um, for the ride. And, and doing and, that. And, and doing that. Right. And, and so it's a bouncing act. We'll be right back with more from the Jeff Johnson Show and our conversation with Malcolm Graham. Stick around. More great things coming right after this message. Hey everybody, this is Jeff Johnson with an important message from the CDC about the coronavirus. You know, with the coronavirus still spreading, people at higher risk, they gotta take extra precautions. You are at higher risk if you're over 65 or if you have any serious underlying medical conditions like chronic lung disease, heart disease, diabetes, or if you're going through cancer treatment. If you're at higher risk, it is essential that you take extra care to protect yourself. Stay six feet away from other people. I know it can be tough sometimes. Better yet, why don't you just stay at home? You can read, you can listen. You know, it's very important that you take this situation seriously. Visit coronavirus.gov for the latest information from the CDC. That's coronavirus.gov for the latest information. The Jeff Johnson Show cares about you and your family. Welcome back to the Jeff Johnson Show. We continue our conversation with Malcolm Graham. You know, Charlotte is a major regional anchor 
How do we fit in the Metrolina region? Yeah, we're the largest city uh, in the Carolinas by far. Right. Uh, and we're one of the largest city in the region. When you look at Washington, D.C., mm-hmm. um, Atlanta, a- Atlanta, Charlotte. And so and one day, hopefully, while both me and you are still alive, there'll be a rapid transit that runs from Charlotte to Atlanta. We oh, let's hope so. And you're, <laughs> you're, you're home in an hour and a half because the train oh, is going 200 miles an hour. I love so, it. So we, we are a regional player. We are a, a business destination, and slowly but surely we are becoming a tourist destination. So we're all kind of working and, and kind of doing uh, what we need to do to be successful as a community. Uh, and like I said earlier, w- w- success has to be measured in terms of everybody's success, not just those who work in uptown, but those who live on the west side of Charlotte as well. 100%. Man, so I'm so disappointed that, you know, there's a number of restaurants that are gone that I'm very disappointed about. The Coffee Cup, number one. Yeah. I mean, that's that was a long time ago, but it still hurt me. That's hurt yes. me. You know, I think, I think, what's that? Oh, what's the place right on the Eastway and Central? House of Pizza? Listen, listen here, listen here, listen here. How's the pizza? I was there two days ago. What? And I got me a large, <laughs> I got me a large pepperoni and Italian sausage pizza with twelve wings. All right, they are still there. Yes, it is probably one of the best pizza um, restaurants in the city. Always has been. Uh, subs, whatever. Oh they my god! A, they did a total remodel, so they it's brand new furniture, fixture, seating. It's really good. It's one of those restaurants that I supported during the whole COVID-19 by getting oh. takeout orders. Oh, excellent. Because it, it's, it's a staple in the Charlotte community, and it's the best pizza by far. It, I'm so telling you. You, you, are, you are definitely showing your Charlotte roots. Oh, you, dude, I can go deeper than that, but I'm not going to real quick because I'm getting ready to just ask, how's Merch and everybody doing uptown? Merch is doing fine. Okay. Um, I, I, again, I, that, again, one of those restaurants, too, I support. Another one of them by places. Getting, by getting takeout orders because, again— yep. COVID-19 has really impacted uh, a lot of yes. folks, obviously people of color in terms yes. of the infectious rate, but also a number of our small business owners and minority business owners. And the House of Pizza is Greek-owned. Right. Um, yeah, and, and Merch is African-American-owned. And so I, I right. want to support right. small and minority-owned firms. Me too. Firms, Me too. Uh, and making sure that they get the, uh, the resources that they need during this most difficult public health crisis time. Very much so. Very much so. Man, Malcolm, look, I appreciate you just taking the time out of the day because, look, you took the time to come on my show. Now, see, you're an international star. I mean, you're on CNN over here. You're on MSNBC over here, SOC, WBTV. And you came to the Jeff Johnson Show to talk to your boy. Because, and you know why? Because why? Before, before there was CNN and MSNBC <laughs> and Channel 9, you you got me on a nice TV show. Yes, sir. And talk, and talk to those country boys from Charleston saying, hey, what are you doing in the community? So I, it all started with you. Malcolm, thank you so much for taking the time to be on my show, man. Thanks. Well, well, my name is Malcolm Graham, and I'm listening to the Jeff Johnson Show. You know, folks, I love to clear my mind by just sitting quietly. And I know some of y'all are seeing, rolling your eyes, saying, man, you ain't been quiet since you were born. But yes, even I, the loud and semi-talented JJ, need some time to think every day, just to sit and think and ponder. Well, here's something to think about. Enjoy.
live life as it comes. Strive to live each moment one at a time. Put them all together, one right after the other. Then listen to that sweet song from beginning to end and bask in each note, each nuance. Watch the sun rise in the east and set in the west. Feel the warmth on your face and the wind on your skin and the grace of God on us all. Take the time to really listen to those you love. That makes a difference. What a wonderful world we live in. And guess what? You are smack dab right in the middle of it. All you gotta do is live it. I'm JJ. Keep splashing through the puddles of life. Thanks for joining me this week on The Jeff Johnson Show. Please visit my website at getjjnow.com. That's getjjnow.com, where you can find links and show notes as well as subscribe to my show in iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or anywhere you download your podcasts. So that way, you'll never miss a show. While you're at it, if you found some value in this show, I'd appreciate a rating on iTunes. Or if you'd simply tell a friend about the show, that would help a lot too. Be sure to tune in next week for another edition of The Jeff Johnson Show, a real, genuine, authentic podcast from my heart to you. Peace to all. It's The Jeff Johnson Show, brought to you by OTE at ofthisearthglobal.com. Ofthisearthglobal.com. Clothing. Connection. OTE.